Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And if you're new to this show, I'd love to gift you my Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, and that is the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. You can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. And today we are going to be talking about sleep. Yes, there are millions upon millions of people all over the world that are having major sleep issues. And here's the thing is we actually heal when we are in deep sleep. And studies have shown that we are not actually, uh, so many people are not actually in deep sleep. <laughs> they fall asleep and they close their eyes uh, and either they're not dreaming or they're not in deep sleep state, their brainwaves don't go into delta uh, and so people are not doing well. They're not healing. And today's guests, Pradeep Kumar and Tripti Shah, are experts at sleep. They have the uh, Indian wisdom and holistic approach, incorporating both, marrying both, and teaching us how to sleep better, having um, better quality sleep so we can heal ourselves. And, you know, there are parents uh, that, that had you know, little kids that didn't sleep very well. So this is perfect, this topic. Uh, and, but even if you are not parents of little children, if you are not sleeping through the night, uh, if you are not feeling well when you are waking up in the morning, maybe you need to learn more about what they call the sleep code, renew your lifestyle, recode your mind, restore your sleep. This book is available on Amazon and all the book resellers here. And uh, uh, let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. So Pradeep Kumar is a wellness mentor, entrepreneur, author, coach, Reiki master, chromotherapy practitioner, as well as a certified I'm going to maybe not say this word right, but Upanishadic studies. He's a former financial advisor who worked in the marketing and financial industry. Kumar is a master of business administration and marketing from India. Tripti Shah is a a former information uh, technology professional with a passion for holistic practices that led her to earn a master's degree in acupuncture. She's a certified laughter therapist, love those, uh, Reiki master, cosmic energy healer, and cognitive behavioral therapist. Both Kumar and Shah are company founders of The Art of Self-Healing. Like I said before, they're co-authors of the beautiful book, Sleep Code, Renew Your Lifestyle, Recode Your Mind, and Restore Your Sleep, an international bestseller in nine countries. They live in Ontario, Canada, where I am from, and you can find out more about them and their fantastic book, artofselfhealing.ca. So artofselfhealing.ca. Uh, welcome, both of you, Tripti, Pradeep. It's so great to have you. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me, actually. Unfortunately, um, Tripti couldn't join today as uh, uh, she had uh, a commitment all of a sudden, and so she had to be away. And uh, so I apologize on her behalf. However, oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm actually covering up for her today. And um, okay. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a uh, pretty good conversation, and um, I think I can do justice uh, in her absence. So. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Pradeep. I'm actually going to open up the chat for the folks that are live. 
if you are listening in on the internet, I'm just going to open the chat in case you have any questions that come up for Pradeep as we go on in the interview. You can post them in the chat. You can also raise your hand if you're calling in live on the phone. The number is 818-514-1190. Hit 1. So we know your hand is up. So when we go ahead and, and uh, field the questions later, you can do that. So 818-514-1190. Hit 1. Let us know your situation, what's going on with you, what sleep trouble you're having, and then maybe get some really, really prime advice specific to you from Pradeep. So Pradeep, uh, tell us about you and Tripti's experience. Like how do people in marketing and IT become holistic yeah. <laughs> wellness practitioners? This is so interesting. Yes, it is. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, um, we actually opened up ourselves into the area of sleep uh, very late, um, uh, you know, after our marriage and things like that. Prior to that, uh, it is a tradition in India to actually have a uh, kind of a holistic Ayurvedic kind of lifestyle. So uh, right from our birth, we were trying to basically take care of our health in a very holistic way. So, uh, um, you know, modern doctors weren't all that easily available to uh, the general public. And so it was a common practice um, that everybody takes care of their health uh, from their own kitchen. In fact, mm. uh, the kitchen, kitchen is considered as a home pharmacy. And so um, we all grew up in that kind of a lifestyle. So uh, wellness was not something which, was, uh, which uh, we were trained for. It was actually practiced as a lifestyle. Uh, well, these days we specifically call them uh, with these uh, really good fancy names, but back then... It was really how we uh, learned life uh, from our own uh, homes. And so oh, yeah, that's that's, beautiful. that was primarily how we got into this. And then later on, uh, it branched out into various other areas. And we chose sleep only because we had difficulty in that area as, uh, you know, we turned out to become new parents. Uh, we were really struggling. And as you rightly mentioned, we are from the uh, corporate world and, uh, you know, marrying <laughs> uh, the corporate lifestyle uh, to a regular, um, you know, parenting kind of uh, background. It was not really easy. It was obviously the first time we were being parents and uh, we actually lost a little bit of track as to how we were trained and the lessons we learned in the past. And so it had to, uh, you know, come back into that normal cycle. And it took a lot of rethinking and uh, a lot of practice to gain back um, our momentum um, to, uh, you know, basically having it aligned with our existing lifestyle. So, yeah, that's how we got into it. Wow. Wow. I, I think it's amazing that because of your culture that, yeah. you know, like you said, you know, healing wellness, all these fancy names we use these days really starts in your home and in the kitchen. And in, in your case, when you're talking about it, these Ayurvedic practices, um, thank goodness 
you know, that you had that base and foundation. And even though the both of you being very, very busy and successful practitioner, uh, uh, sorry, professionals in the business world, right. IT world, maybe got away temporarily, like from that uh, alignment with all the busyness of life, you were able to really connect back in when there was a real need for that um, with your with your children growing up and things like that. And lucky them, you know, lucky them to have uh, parents who are able to do that and show them and model that uh, because we definitely have a lot of sick children right now, especially in America, where, you know, these habits, these stress habits and all these things, we, we, we don't really teach them lifestyle things. We teach them the easy things, you know, get a box, get a, you know, make this macaroni, like fend for yourself, you know, here, I'm going to babysit you with this device, you know, and, and, and sometimes the parents, well-meaning, but just don't really have that base, that lifestyle foundation base that you both had. So that is super cool. Um, so tell us about the book. What, what, what is the sleep code anyway? Okay, so we talk about uh, 10 codes, as we call it, um, which are technically chapters. Um, so the first chapter we deal about valuing sleep. So it's called value sleep. Uh, the second code deals with sleep education and training, which is risk management. Uh, mm. The third goal deals with bringing harmony. Uh, the fourth goal uh, deals with uh, developing a positive attitude. Uh, the fifth goal is conquering emotions. Mm. After that, um, followed by developing a happy mind. We have code number seven, which deals with pranayama, which is controlled breathing. Um, the eighth code deals with stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Code number nine deals with energy healing. And we have the last code, the code number 10, which deals with sleep rituals. So um, essentially, sleep is just not about, you know, going to bed and closing your eyes and trying to, you know, really go through a well-rested night. It is basically everything to do with your mind. And um, that is what we are trying to, uh, you know, communicate with the world because it is all about how you train your mind to be, how you uh, basically try and control your emotions, how you can develop a positive attitude. Because uh, in the book, you will find that we have mentioned that uh, sleep is an art and not an activity. So uh, it is very essential for every human being to understand that because these days we have got uh, so many different devices which uh, mm-hmm. we believe that that will essentially give you the rest that we are looking for. But, um, you know, ancient science um, like uh, the Vedas, which essentially means knowledge, 
they recommend that you you can only achieve that level of um, sleep when you have trained your mind to be under your control and you don't actually give away your control to the mind. And so that is an essential distinction which one needs to understand because according to uh, the Vedas, deep sleep is a state of consciousness. And mm. it passes through four different states. Uh, the states uh, like right from waking, we move on to the dream state, and then we go into the deep sleep. And then there is a fourth state, which is not commonly discussed, which is called as the Turiya. Turiya meaning pure consciousness. And this is a particular state where only a trained yogi can uh, go in and out of that state. And um, each of these states are necessarily required uh, to be practiced well and mastered uh, in order for us. Well, uh, you know, in Western science, we call about uh, the state state of sleep, the delta state and all of that. But uh, Mm -hmm. in the ancient uh, science, They didn't go into so many specific terminologies, but they just simply called it as a deep sleep. And that is what every one of us is aspiring to get to uh, when we uh, reach that state. And with enough amount of practice, uh, we can definitely achieve that state uh, on a day-to-day basis. And something which we can practice to the extent that we can do it at our will. Um, But it definitely uh, takes a little bit of work. It is not as easy as it sounds, but uh, Mm -hmm. it is not something that it is, uh, which is not achievable either. So, um, yeah, so that is what sleep and what our book really deals with. Oh, that's that's beautiful. I, I love what you said about sleep is an art, not an activity. I believe that most of us, including myself, have really just taken sleep for granted. It's sort of right. just something we think we do. You know, we're like, oh, yeah, I just want to rejuvenate the body, blah, blah, right? And, um, and in Western medicine, as I'm a medical doctor, we do sometimes <laughs> teach people about sleep hygiene, but that only addresses mainly the physical aspects of, you know, um, healthier sleep habits, you know, whether that be, you know, blocking out light in the room and not having your devices near your head and, um, you know, uh, having a routine and, and you touch upon that in much more detail, of course, in, in the last chapter um, and things like that. But we really don't talk about the mindset and the emotions and really the spiritual aspects of sleep and that connection to our whole lives. And that's what your book is doing is really enlightening us to those other aspects that, hey, you know, sleep is not just this inconvenient thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. that we have these eight or 10 hours, however long uh, that we do. And then, and then there's life, right? What I'm hearing from you and Tripti is that it's, it's holistic, 
you know, it's, it's part of the holiday. It's part of the whole thing. And so when you said the, the yogis have this enlightened or different, um, state that they go into really deeply when I was studying with Jeffrey Thompson, who does the whole brainwave entrainment thing. Um, he had a, um, uh, a CD that he uh, was uh, selling called Gamma and Hypergamma, and they had taken, you know, brainwaves of yogis and monks and, you know, high-level meditators that have been doing it for decades and mm-hmm. found that their brainwaves were very, very different from the average waking person um, right. and that through brain entrainment, they could uh, get to the state faster, um, you know, with, with the help of, of the CD. So I think it's really interesting what you were talking about, the different levels and depths of, of sleep and what we can aspire to. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So uh, basically, you know, uh, an individual could basically experience the external world through uh, any kind of sense perception. Um, so even in our waking state, mm. we are kind of asleep, but we can observe the objects uh, through our senses and through our experience, um, basically depending on uh, the limitations of our mind's perceptive uh, kind of capacities. Um, so uh, uh, the exposure uh, which relies um, in our mind is about the cultural, social, uh, even educational and individual experiences. So um, your senses and your mind will not rest during sleep. And mm. that is one of the reasons one feels tired uh, when you wake up in the morning and you feel like you really haven't had the kind of sleep that you thought you did. And um, so uh, to turn that whole functionality off is something which you need to uh, practice. And the practices that we have recommended in this book uh, helps you get to that state very easily. And uh, mm. Important that we go uh, step by step, and there are so many things that uh, we can do. We we, we talk about uh, you know meditation. We talk about exercises. We talk about uh, so many different aspects which will make it all uh, good. However, sleep in itself is a meditation, and so um, practicing that is no different than actually practicing meditation. So if you get, uh, yeah, (laughs) truly it may may sound a little bit off. However, the reality is that uh, once I've explained uh, the various aspects and practices that one needs to take through in order to gain rest for sleep, you will understand how it correlates uh, to meditation itself. Meditation is nothing but focusing at one point. There is, in sleep, you really have to focus between your mind, body, and your spirit in order to get into that sequencing. And that is essentially what yoga actually is. It is a union of the mind, body, and spirit, and sleep is actually not 
any different from that. So practicing proper sleep has its own countless benefits. And all these benefits come together only if you have controlled your emotions, uh, controlled your attitudes, you know, and um, that in itself will take care of uh, the stress and anxiety an individual is experiencing. And so all that is left to do is to have a proper ritual um, before your sleep time. And that takes care of the rest of uh, Mm. uh, the story, so to say. Oh, that's great. You know, because it's like I'm I'm more familiar with, you know, chapter 10 (laughs) Um, in terms of advice giving. uh, But um, I I just love that idea of conscious sleep practices. Like, I mean, even though you're practicing when you're awake and, you know, different things. But, uh, you know, people would say if you go to bed angry or, you know, if you um, if you dream, people were like, oh, well, I dreamt about the stresses of the day or those kinds of things. So it sounds like most of us just unconsciously do the sleep thing, not even recognizing that there's a a process. There's something that we can evolve here. We're just like, oh, well, I didn't have good sleep. Oh, well. (laughs) And not even think twice about it. That's Mm -hmm. that's really fascinating what you're talking about. Right, right. And, um, you know, Attitude in itself is a huge part of our daily existence. And uh, we may think, you know, what has this got to do with sleep? But I would argue and say it has everything to do with sleep. Because Mm -hmm. if we don't, you know, practice acceptance, which is very vital, it's, um, it's something everybody needs to start doing. You need to practice your gratitude. You need to practice forgiveness, you know, and more importantly is to practice detachment. Detachment mm. means we, we are uh, uh, such animals that we get attracted to something. We, we are so much uh, intertwined with it that we cannot, you know, separate ourselves from it. So... That is one of the most important lessons one needs to uh, practice and adopt into their daily life. Because once somebody can get over their attachment and be detached, and they can actually see the difference within themselves. Like, you know, you, you have to be an observer of yourself. You've got to come out of yourself. And you've got to be that third party looking from, uh, you know, the outside of yourself. And you, are, you will then be able to witness how easy that can become and how, uh, how should I word it, how um, uh, it is, uh, what the word I'm actually looking for is that how powerful you can be when you actually detach. So there is nothing controlling Mm -hmm. you. Oh, I uh, love that. Yeah, and so it is very important that we practice all of these different attitudes because a little shift can make a very big difference. 
And um, yeah, so that is very vital in my opinion. Oh my gosh, I love this. I want to I want to um, expand on this a little bit. And if you're just joining us, I'm interviewing uh, one of the team of the Sleep Codes author, and this is the uh, the wonderful uh, book. Sleep Code, Renew Your Lifestyle, Recode Your Mind, Restore Your Sleep, uh, together with Pradeep Kumar today and Tripti Shah, our co-authors of this beautiful book. And we currently we are talking about the other aspects of what maybe, you know, maybe you haven't heard about, that sleep is an art. It's not just a thing that you do or just an activity, a passive activity that you just hope, cross your fingers, that it's going to go well. Uh, so, if you want to call in and ask a question for Pradeep, here is your chance. We're going to be unmuting folks a little bit later in the show. The number to call in is 818-514-1190. Hit one so we know your hand up. And again, the number is 818-514-1190 and hit one. And then if you are on the chat here live online, you can also post a question here. And Pradeep can do a little bit of uh, you know mini coaching for you. Um, Pradeep, I was just going to mention this whole thing that you just said about attitude. Uh, yeah. has been really huge for me personally. And I didn't make the connection until you said it about my, uh, just just a couple of weeks ago, an experience that I had of having what I call, what other people call sick symptoms. So uh, I mm-hmm. like to um, say that it was an unplanned massive cleanse, <laughs> uh, yeah. but I had some symptoms of, of fever and, um, you know, uh, fatigue, uh, things like that. And, uh, mild respiratory symptoms, and unlike the past where I had these symptoms in the distant past, uh, it was very interesting because what you were talking about is the attitude. So this time I got to experience these symptoms as just a, an experience and not label it as bad or what did I do wrong or oh, I wish this stuff would go away and you know <laughs> and yeah. and instead was more like I called it radical acceptance being able to see it from the observer point of view, like, huh, that's curious, that's interesting. And then noticing that there's a whole swath of people having similar symptoms at this time. And then my curiosity was peak, what's going on? You know, I got that it was a a spiritual evolution for many, many people. um, And it's just a temporary thing. And I knew that if I had the right attitude around that, that it would heal much, much faster. I wouldn't have to attach myself to the fear of, oh, is this COVID? Or, oh, do I need a test? Or, oh, you know, that kind of thing. And instead going, my body can heal itself. I'm just going to observe right. it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to, okay, yes, I'm going to cancel all these appointments, you know, to, to give myself time to heal. But the attitude was so different from the past where I would be worried and I'd push myself and try to make myself go through all my day because I didn't want to disappoint people. So I think what you're talking about is this is holistic. This is not just about sleep as in, oh, how to get better sleep so you can heal yourself. It really is your whole life is reflected in these practices. So thank you uh, for pointing that out to us because I I realized I actually slept better through this quote-unquote illness symptoms than I ever have before. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, very true. Because, um, um, you know, clarity is a very big uh, thing, actually. Um, mostly um, as regular uh, people doing, you know, sort of a regular work and just going about our life on a day-to-day basis. What we lack is clarity. Clarity, it means just looking at things the way it is 
Because when we look at something, we start having our own interpretations about things. And then we start to complicate the thing that we are looking at. We don't look at something for the way it is. And, uh, you know, that clarity has, is something as simple as it can be. But we as human beings love to complicate every single thing which comes our way. And, uh, you know, we love to have our own opinions about it. We ha- love to have our own judgments about things, mm. you know. And, uh, uh, it, yeah, so clarity is just living life by thinking things through, not thinking in a circle, you know. So it only manifests uh, the kind of result that we aspire for um, because it ends up showing that you have considered the options and uh, you are very particular about what you want to achieve uh, from that moment. So we need to bear that in mind all through not only the day, uh, but all through our life. Once we gain clarity in in our life, it will eliminate all of the unwanted issues and worries which we keep, uh, you know, mounting and piling up for ourselves for no reason because we carry all this kind of emotional baggage which is so heavy upon mm-hmm. us all day long. <laughs> and... Uh, it is absolutely unnecessary. It is not called for. And who is the culprit in all of this? It is us. We are the ones who are making it so hard on ourselves when, while we can eliminate all of these problems and lead a much content, happier life. But we choose not to. But who's to blame? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom used to call us the complicated cans. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I totally resonate with what you're saying. Like when you were talking about clarity, it reminded me of um, you know several things, uh, different words, but several things that I had really connected with and and read about. Um, one author was saying about truth. He said, "Truth is not your opinion about." something it's what is and so when you're saying clarity you're like what is it like the actual uh, thing what us humans do is we have an experience like for example my six symptoms right I have a you know have a fever so the fever is yes my body temperature is higher than it normally is that is the truth right but then we complicate it by our thoughts and our opinions. So I could have gone down that road, that old me, go, oh, my God, is it an infection? Uh, what, what kind of infection is it? How long is this going to last? I don't want to have a fever. You know what I mean? And all these yeah. judgments and opinions and negative emotions and guilt and all this kind of stuff. And this time I was able to say, oh, it's a fever. And then, then, then I thought, okay, I can hear all these other thoughts wanting to come up. I'm like, okay, that's nice. Thanks for sharing. And then, <laughs> and then go yeah. to, oh, my body can heal itself. And, and just go, okay, so I'm just going to observe, observe minute to minute. And if I'm called to do something, whether that be more minimals or water or lie down or whatever, I will do that thing, but not have an opinion about it. Not, not think about two weeks from now, how bad yeah. am I going to feel? 
or, you know, am I going to die or, you know, all that kind of stuff that us humans do. So when you say clarity, it totally resonates with that. That is just accepting what is. It's, it's so true. powerful, like you said. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, as I mentioned before, amongst the attitude, one of the most important attitudes I would consider would be, uh, you know, this detachment, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Because it's mm-hmm. a longevity skill. It is um, it, because most of us uh, basically um, are so focused on the outcome that mm-hmm. we, we pay less attention uh, to the process of getting there. <laughs> You know, so true. Uh, yeah, and so um, it is very vital and very important skill to have. I, I, I call it a skill because, indeed, everybody needs to work on it in order to mm. uh, master that skill. Uh, we, uh, we are just too um, attached with whatever it is that we like, and we would like to repeat the same thing. Uh, over and over again because that somehow gives us some kind of a pleasure but actually Mm. yeah but actually the most important thing is once we focus on the process the desired outcome is bound to happen whether you like it or not Uh, the desired outcome is bound to happen but if we lose focus on the process itself then, you know, uh, that is where it is very easy to go wrong. And uh, it is very important um, to, to actually religiously practice these skill sets so that one can um, attain that desirable outcome. And uh, I can't stress enough about how important that little attitude shift can mean and be because it's always not about uh, you know what we want from life. It's always what is best uh, for everybody or for that given situation. So, um, but we are those kind of creatures who always think that there is nothing bigger than ourselves, right? So we need to give ourselves so much of uh, importance. <laughs> And all the pamphlets mm. that we can get that uh, uh, we, yes. we bl- uh, blindside ourselves to a lot of, again, going back to the clarity part of it. You know, we, we don't see that coming and uh, we blindside ourselves and we fall into these traps. So, yeah. It's a right. Very, yeah, yeah. I call <laughs> them kind of um, conditioned habits. Uh and uh, I used to say, like, shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I used to should myself all the time. You should have right. done this. You should have done that. Well, you could have done that, you know, and just make myself crazy uh, about what I did wrong and, and that whole attachment thing. And being detached yeah. is really an amazing, not easy necessarily, uh, but an amazing spiritual practice. And so my go-to right now is curiosity <laughs> yeah. because it's one step removed from complete, you know, detachment. Uh, and that's where I'm at 
currently is instead of, you know, having an opinion or judgment about what's happening, I go, huh, that's interesting. Hmm. You know, and, and just as the observer going, huh, that's interesting. Is this a pattern? You know, and just exploring that without necessarily being attached to what it should be. I have to get better by such and such a day, or I have to have this amount of money in my bank account by such and such a time or day or I, whatever. The symptom has to go away, you know, if I did the right thing. So all yeah. that really caused suffering. And there is a saying, and I don't know exactly what it is, but something like, you know, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional or something. Correct. <laughs> Well, true. Mm-hmm. So true. And, uh, yeah, so it is uh, something um, um, which we can change very, very easily. We don't really have to fall into that trap, remain in that trap, and then, mm. you know, suffering. Um, so many yes. of these things are uh, a choice. We always, in life, whenever we face a situation, I always believe that there is, there are two choices right in front of you, and you choose the right door or you don't. And so uh, the options are always right there in front of you. So mm-hmm. nobody is blamed, you know. It's just our own making. Right. Now, I know a lot of people, not people here listening to the show necessarily, um, but might argue that Pradeep is like, well, what do you mean? Sometimes I don't have a, I don't have a choice. You know, if I want to keep my job, I have to do X, Y, Z, or if I want to stay married, I have to concede and, and not get what I want. And, you know, so there's a lot of this, this um, you know, uh, attachment to that belief that we don't have a choice. So maybe you can expand on that a little bit. And then I just want to remind people, if you want to come on live and, and ask a question personal to you uh, for Pradeep, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Again, 818-514-1190 and hit one. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so maybe you can expand a little bit on that piece, Pradeep. Right. So, um, you know, when I say that there is always a choice, it is, it is about, Um, you know, whether to decide to go with this or not to go with that. So um, whether we, uh, you know, a desire for having something may be always there. However, what works best for the given situation is what the choice is all about. So Choice doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be something favorable to ourselves. Choice means that there is something out there which can deal with this situation in a more effective way, in a, in a, in a way that it can be helpful for everybody. So uh, that doesn't mean that it is all about us and what benefits us or what we can get out of it. It can sometimes also mean that how easily we can navigate through that given situation without having to go through hell, you know. Mm. So that is the kind of choices what we are talking about. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, when we talk about choice, why do we have to equate it uh, to our benefit? Why do we have to, uh, you know, identify it 
with uh, something that I'm going to be prosperous uh, with and things like that. No, it doesn't need to be that way. Because again, coming back to clarity, we got to see for what it is and how it is. If this is the situation, if this can transpire into something lethal, do I really want to deal with it? If I don't want to deal with it, I have a choice not to. But it is for me to make up that decision, to come up with that solution. And so, Right, and no one can dictate what your choice should be. Uh, that's right, that's right. Mm. But most people think um, exactly the way how they can benefit from a situation. You know, like you just mentioned, I'm going to lose a job. Perhaps, you know, we, what we don't know is whether there is a better job waiting out there for you. But today, right. what, what kind of information we have, we are kind of underlining everything, thinking that this is the be-all and end-all of things, which doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And uh, so, yeah, maybe uh, it is something that is going to ease you from the kind of pain uh, which you possibly can face tomorrow, which we don't know. So most of the things in life, what happens to us is what we don't know. But again, Mm -hmm. we got to make those choices uh, just to ease it a little bit more than what it is already. And so that is what I mean by choice. Okay. Well, great. Thank you. So we do have uh, a caller here. uh, So what I'm going to do is go ahead and unmute you. And the last four digits is 1067. So just uh, tell us your first name and if you have a question or comment for Pradeep. So here we go. Let me unmute you. Last four digits, 1067. Hi, who's this? Hi, Dr. Karen. This is Lil. And hi, hi Lil. <laughs> I am so enthralled in this whole discussion. And Pradeep, I wanted to ask you, are you coming from the perspective that the mind is where we need to focus as opposed to the body being the guide that knows more than the mind does? I've read both perspectives where some people believe that, you know what, our body really has the knowledge. If we just listen to the messages that come forth, then sleep or pain or whatever can be managed as opposed to struggling with it? Or are you from the perspective that the mind is what needs to be manipulated, changed, um, persuaded, so that you can control the body or guide the body as opposed to the body guiding you, the mind, et cetera, et cetera? I yield. Mm, Thank you. Good question. Yeah, thank you, Lil, for that uh... Great question. Um, You know, the body is an extension of our own mind. And, uh, you know, um, there are uh, many faculties of the mind. Um, There are actually 16 parts to it. However, we are just going to deal with the four main parts of the mind, which we call it as the faculties. Uh, The first one is intellect. The second one is identity. Uh, The third one 
uh, more importantly is the memories. And first, when we deal with intellect, it is always logical. Intellect is always about reasoning and things like that. And then, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, intellect, this is the only thing as human beings we use a lot, which is, which is the only aspect we use a lot on a day-to-day basis. And so whatever we think comes with uh, a reason, comes with a logic, we believe that to be true and the only thing which exists, which isn't necessarily true. And so, you know, uh, when it uh, comes to the physicality of ourselves. It is nothing but the extension of our mind. And so the other part of the mind I was talking about is an identity. It is an, uh, the identity meaning uh, it is me. I have a name and, you know, I have a position. I have um, a, a job, a responsibility, this is the kind of identity the mind takes over and believes that to be you. Uh, but that is something that you have taken up after you were born into this world and things like that. But that isn't necessarily you. But that is what the mind tricks you into believing. That is the other aspect. And um, there is uh, the one more aspect which deals with memories, which is called as manas uh, in Sanskrit. And in under the memories, there are so many different memories, which is called the elemental memory, the atomic memory, there is the evolutionary memory, there, there is the karmic memory, which is um, a xylo of memories put together. Uh, then there is the sensory memory, inarticulate memory and articulate memory. So, uh, you know, mind has all of these different dimensions to go about. It is a big um, uh, organ which actually uh, controls us on its own. So that is why when you, when you look at, uh, you know, meditators, all they do is just... Um, you know, taking control of their mind. They can, in turn, change the dynamics of the body. And, uh, you know, they can, they can regulate their uh, heartbeat. Uh, you know, they can uh, basically regulate the body temperature. They can do wonders with it. Uh, so that goes on to prove that mind has got a big um, uh, sort of a contribution in how you can take control of your body. If you actually read the Yoga Sutras, Yoga Sutra meaning it is the book which is written by a sage called Patanjali, which is what we know as the modern yoga. So in the Yoga Sutras, meaning Sutras means techniques, in that uh, there is a mention, you know, all of these physical yoga, what we do is basically nothing but to train your mind. So once you start training your mind, 
your body will accordingly behave the way you want, and you can regulate so many things, uh, and that is what yoga teaches. And the master of yoga has written this book, and uh, he claims that uh, mind is the most essential organ which needs to be controlled in order for you to get the desired outcome out of your own body, if that makes sense. Yes, it it makes a lot of sense. Um, My follow-up question would be, in your philosophy, belief, or whatever you want, terminology you want to utilize, do you feel that the body was first in the creation of our essence, our little vessel that contains our soul when we're incarnated in this lifetime, and then the mind is the last thing to be created in the whole little earth vessel that we're using to maneuver in this dimension while we're here? I'm just curious if, if uh, what it is that you believe comes first. Right. Um, <laughs> that is a very debatable subject. And, uh, That's why I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, you know, mind is a, uh, um, a creative um, aspect of our physical self. So it is mind-body alignment. It is all about uh, mind-body Union, And so the word yoga essentially means union. Union of what? Union of mind, body, and the spirit. And so that is why it is, there is, you know, um, it is like a double-edged sword. It is one cannot be there without the other, so to say. So the body cannot uh, exist without the mind. Neither the mind could exist without the body. So an interdependent relationship. Got it. That is correct. That is correct. And so, uh, you know, we cannot pick and choose what we want out of this because it is the holistic approach. So it is all intertwined into one. And so we cannot uh, separate it at our will and pleasure and then pick and choose something, unfortunately. So, yeah, so it is very important to, uh, you know, control your mind, controlling your mind necessarily, meaning that it is also going to control your emotion. It is also going to control your attitude, you know, and so it is also going to help you, you know, uh, develop a happy mind. And so all of these um, essentially are the tools that we have. What we can do with those tools is to employ them to our benefit to get the necessary and desired result. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. That really answers my question. So, yes, listen to the body and act accordingly, but until you can figure out how to use your mind as opposed to your mind using you, I'm saying it a different way. You said it a little bit more eloquently. 
And so now that makes sense to me because I was coming from the mindset of my body knows. It knows how to heal. I'm getting in my own way. So I'm thinking, well, then just listen to my body. Well, that's all good until my mind starts going, you know, lack of a better term, batshit crazy. And then my body's like, what are you doing? You know, get control of that thing for goodness sake, because we really need that. Okay. We're telling you what we need, but you got to figure that mind out because it's a runaway train right now and it is not helping this situation. So right. thank you. I really appreciate that elaboration. Thank you so kindly You're for both welcome. of you, thank Dr. You Karen and, and, and Pradeep. Thank you. Great awareness there, Lil. Thank you. That was really fun. That, and that was a really great question too because it's not either or, you know, or separation um, right. philosophy. Because uh, we often say, Pradeep, right, we say mind, body, spirit as if they're separate entities, but yes. they're not. They're all no. interconnected and are wanting to sometimes have the details because I, I can be detail-oriented, um, sometimes try to figure things out is actually some of the mind frick, if you will, <laughs> where yeah. my mind says, I need to know all the details, otherwise I can't <laughs> move forward, right? Um, yeah. And that's actually not necessary. Um, so this is a beautiful question and, and you answered it beautifully. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Let's just check in. I'm just going to check in to see if the chat, if there's any other questions here. We have a few minutes left. So if you're called in 818-514-1190, hit one so we know your hand is up. Again, 818-514-1190 and hit one so your hand is up. So I believe I had mentioned your website, but I want to share it with everyone uh, more specific to the book, Sleep Code, Renew Your Lifestyle, Recode Your Mind, and Restore Your Sleep. It's www.sleepcode.guru. So sleepcode.guru. So maybe, Pradeep, you can mention, like, what will people find uh, there and, um, you know, how do they connect with you or Drip T after this call in case they have any other questions or concerns around this topic? Right, absolutely. So if you uh, uh, type in the um, web address uh, uh, www.sleepcode.guru, it'll automatically take you uh, to the Art of Self-Healing website. It'll redirect Mm. you automatically. And uh, there you will find... um, all sorts of information. You can download our uh, book there. You can download our audio book there. And uh, you can uh, interact with us uh, uh, via the email if you do have any specific questions. And, um, you know, if there is something that you would like to know, if, uh, if there are any practices which you, you would like to learn a, a little bit more about, Uh, We are always there uh, to assist you. We will be more than happy uh, to do whatever it takes to help you with that because our ultimate goal is for you to get that desirable sleep because, uh, you know, who are we kidding? There's more than 1.4 billion people on this planet who are suffering from some sort of a sleep issue today. And uh, together, if we can battle that, uh, you know, there is nothing better um, I mean, achievement than that. So 
Yeah, you're more than welcome to visit us on our website. Uh, you can certainly email us if you do have any questions, and we'll be more than happy to answer that for you. Thank you. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, uh, again, the website, you can go there but either way, artofselfhealing.ca, or yes. you can go to uh, the sleep code dot guru and i'm just looking on your page and i'm like hey that's a shark tank guy (laughs) pretty and uh, (laughs) next to the shark tank guy wow and then you've got a a beautiful uh, endorsement from jack canfield uh which is fantastic and so this is beautiful that this this book that you've written because it's not just about this symptom you know, of sleep. And, and yes, of course, you know, people can learn to fall asleep easily and quickly, get adequate sleep, um, you know, release stress and anxiety, align your circadian rhythm, restore mental, physical, emotional, social, spiritual health by fixing your sleep cycle. It's so much more. It's really a holistic, um, you know, 360 degrees of your whole life by doing some of the things that you uh, and, and really connecting to some of the things you both talk about in the book is not just going to help your sleep. It's going to transform your whole life, right? That is correct. Absolutely. Because uh, what we talk in this book is a whole range of uh, issues that people have that they kind of break it down into uh, you know, uh, various issues. For example, um, people talk about stress and anxiety a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that obviously means that that person is having difficulty sleeping. And, uh, uh, you know, it is, it is about uh, uh, conquering emotions because most of the people having uh, ailments have issues with their emotions they're struggling to control them but it is where that they are leak most of the time and so this book basically points you to those areas which needs your attention which you need to work on one step at a time and eventually mm-hmm. you're going to get it yeah you just have to be a little bit patient with yourself it's not going to happen tomorrow morning however by tomorrow morning, you would have taken your first step, which is kind of the good thing about it. And so um, it is very important to uh, slowly and steadily take your baby steps. More importantly, we talk about sleep education and training. We didn't touch much about it, which I call it as the risk management. What we are talking here is about entrepreneurs and companies. You know, they have their staff um, who are there, but they don't know if they are able to perform at their optimal level just Mm. because, you know, they're they're working all these shifts and they are not able to gain proper sleep. They think that eight hours of sleep at any time of the day is going to do the trick. It Mm -hmm. doesn't. And so it is very important, you know, if you are a Uh, owner of a small business or whatever it is, then it is very important for you to take care of your staff members, uh, particularly their well-being in terms of their sleep, because studies have shown that there are more than uh, $50,000 to $70,000 per employee 
that a company is actually facing losses in in a year. And so if you have a thousand employees, that means you're you're talking some serious money here. And all that is can be fixed just by taking care of their own sleep. And so uh, you know, in 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 the uh, Upanishadic world, Upanishads uh, means it is one of the literature uh, in uh, ancient India. So we have essentially got like 1,280 different literature uh, in ancient India, out of which uh, you know a few are uh, uh, pretty important. So we have Vedas, then we call them. The next one is called the Shakas, which is the Vedic school. Then we have the Brahmanas, which are the commentaries on the Vedas. Then we have Upanishads, which are the philosophies in response to the Vedas. Uh, so that is what is called Upanishads. The word Upanishad means sitting nearby. So mm-hmm. in this tradition, olden days, uh, the guru, uh, who is the teacher, used to sit nearby the student and the student would actually ask the guru the questions that he had. So Upanishads were written uh, in that format, uh, whereby the guru sits beside the student and explains things to him as he questions him. So that is what Upanishads is all about. And then we have something called Vedanta, that is the later commentary on the Vedas. And then uh, we have something called Itihasa, which is Itihasa, meaning that there are epics such as uh, Ramayana and Mahabharata. These are two uh, books which were uh, uh, written, but these were not books. It was written as it happened. So that is what uh, the Itihasas mean. And then uh, we have uh, something called Purana, which is a historic text. Uh, and these texts were written by the court-appointed historians. And, uh, and finally, we have something called the Dharma Shastra, which is a collection and a description of various laws of that time. And so uh, I was actually mentioning about uh, uh, Upanishads in, in terms of uh, sleep. So in the Upanishads, it is mentioned that there is something called as um, uh, sleep units. So we don't call anything with ours. We don't equate anything with ours. We equate Mm. sleep units. And so in sleep units, uh, there are specific timings in the day where you get the most benefit. So uh, between 9 p.m. to 12 a.m., for every hour of sleep, you get two units of sleep. So between 9 a.m., I mean, sorry, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. So that is three hours, but you end up getting six units of sleep. Oh. At 12 a.m. to 3 a.m., for every hour of sleep, you get one unit. And from 3 a.m., to 6 a.m., 
for every unit of, I'm sorry, every hour of sleep, you get half a unit. And after 6 a.m., actually, there is no benefit of, uh, I mean, you can sleep as much as you want, but you're not gaining anything out of it. It is just, you're just going to be even more tired as you wake up. Wow. So that's in the Upanishads? That is in the Mandukya Upanishad, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I heard of something like that before, but I didn't know where it came from. So that is super interesting. Of course, I have a science mind, right? So I'm like, how does that happen? But, um, you know, I think hormonally, uh, they've actually kind of supported uh, that. Um, yeah. I know this is very ancient, but um, hormonally, they've supported that as well, like the, to get uh, ideal, you know, hormone releases at the right times, you know, going to bed early. I'm a late sleeper, so <laughs> it takes some yeah. discipline on my part, but I, I'm getting better um, at uh, going to bed at an earlier uh, time. Um, and, yeah. and I, you know, I was looking on your website, uh, pretty before we go, I want to make sure people hear a little bit about your Mastering Deep Sleep five-week live group program. So is that something you could tell us about? Yeah, so we actually do have a mini program uh, where, you know, uh, it is going to be over a period of five weeks. And then uh, even though the the class uh, would be there for an hour, we Mm -hmm. do uh, the assignments for the entire week for somebody to practice and to actually apply that onto their uh, Mm. their life. And uh, even after five weeks, if they feel that uh, they haven't had uh, the adequate support uh, for them to achieve uh, the desired results, we will be more than happy to have a one-on-one mentoring sessions with them Mm. and uh, train them until they are satisfied uh, with the, the results that they are gaining out of it. And uh, shortly, we will be coming up with another 12-week uh, program. Uh, that's going to be a master program. And uh, uh, so, yeah, so the audiences can basically uh, learn, uh, they can practice, and they can experience everything um, on a one-on-one basis. And so that is what we are willing to offer. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. Cause different people are at different stages of their healing and where they are at. Um, right. And I've, I've had so much benefit from mentoring and coaching programs that I've been involved in, even though I'm, I myself am a mentor and coach and healer, et cetera. Um, I don't, I can't know everything about everything. <laughs> you right. know? And, 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 and so it's wonderful that you uh, offer this for people that need the accountability because uh, some people will read the book and go, oh, that's nice, right? And then they put the book down and then they don't do anything. Um, so, so for the people that are like more like that, then that accountability for the five-week program would be really great. And those that, like you said, need a deeper, and sometimes I just want the one-on-one because I want to ask very, very, very specific questions, you know, um, and, uh, and then having that one-on-one with the mentor uh, can be incredibly uh, empowering and get to where I want to go faster. So I have absolutely no qualms about when it's a residence, when it's a fit, that I'm just diving in and going, yes, I want that mentor, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, to help me one-on-one. So for people listening in, um, you know, check it out, theartofselfhealing.ca. Um, you can take a look at the different programs. 
there, see if it resonates with you. Definitely, if you're having any sort of sleep trouble uh, in the last few years, definitely get a copy of the book. And you can, there's a connection there right on the website to, to get uh, the book. You can get an ebook or you can get the physical book, theartofselfhealing.ca. And then uh, if it resonates with you and you want more support and help, Pretty Bentrophy are there to help you as they are the experts in this arena. So, Pradeep, I think our time is just about up. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience before we say goodbye for today? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, one other thing we didn't discuss much about is uh, uh, a sleep position and direction, which is very important. So, mm. uh, you know, uh, the sleep direction is so vital. Uh, so uh, if you are in the Northern Hemisphere, you need to sleep. Um, in the eastern direction. So, um, you know, your bed, your head should be facing east. And mm. uh, even if you uh, kind of sleep uh, facing west, uh, it is okay. Uh, but north should be avoided at any given time. So oh, you okay. cannot possibly sleep on the north. Maybe that's why I sleep so much. <laughs> Because okay. my head is like northwest or something like that. It's not what, you know, yeah. my, my ex-husband who built the house, I was like, can we just like do this differently? And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, northwest is actually okay. It's not, okay, it's not okay. but if you are sleeping north, you need to be aware of it because, uh, you know, sleeping north in a day is not going to make any big difference. But then if you keep that as a normal practice, that's very dangerous because, uh, you know the um, uh, the iron particles uh, in our blood is uh, mm-hmm. uh, drawn towards the magnetic uh, meridian of the Earth, which is facing north. And so, mm. if it is drawn towards the capillaries of our brain, you know how hairline hairline like it is. So. Mm-hmm. You don't want to actually damage uh, your nerves, and that will cause you a lot of disease. So it is very important to avoid doing that. And so that is one thing which I just wanted to communicate to have with your audience today. And if they do that much, uh, it can definitely ease their sleep much better. Mm, okay, good to know. I'm gonna get my uh, I'm gonna get my compass out. <laughs> <laughs> to see where my head is facing. And I, I think there's definitely something to that. I think in Chinese feng shui, it, it depends on your birthday and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but I don't know too much about that. But I right. remember thinking to myself, this is not the way my head should be facing. And I noticed yeah. that I wake up earlier uh, almost every other place where I sleep, where I'm going on vacation or visiting family. Like I naturally right. wake up with the light. Now my, my, my room's kind of dark. Again, it's, it's, you know, my ex-husband and I argued way back when about how, where we should put everything. And, and he pretty much won the argument <laughs> for practicality sake. I want a south facing house because it's passive solar. And therefore that's the only place you can put the bedroom, you know? Um, but I definitely feel like I have to sleep more when I'm at home. Versus right. when I'm elsewhere, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm actually naturally getting up earlier. Hmm. So, right. yeah, I think this is really good information. Now, there was something else you were going to share with us? Um, uh, I think we have uh, covered pretty much uh, of the... Oh, okay. So the sleep direction mm-hmm. was the... Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, I okay. I just had to squeeze that in. 
Okay. That. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's great information. Thank you so much. So, Pradeep, well, it has been a great pleasure interviewing today. Thank you so much for your awesome book, Sleep Code, Renew Your Lifestyle, Recode Your Mind, and Restore Your Sleep. Everybody can get it at sleepcode.guru or CA. I wish you and Troop T uh, many blessings. Thank you so much for your work. Thank and you so much for calling. having me, Karen. It is a pleasure talking to you today, and uh, I hope uh, this has helped uh, all of your listeners today and uh, hope they can take I'm sure yeah. absolutely I'm sure thank you so much and bless you and thanks everyone for listening in we'll see you back on Light Warrior Radio next time bye for now everyone thank you and namaste namaste